There once was a ship, I'll tell you this The name of the ship was the TARDIS When trouble blew up, they didn't get down Oh, below you, bully boys blow <gasps> Soon may the doctor come To bring us danger, adventure, then some One day when the saving is done She'll take her leave and go So there is a secret we can't keep They're coming back, the devils of the deep where have they been? Maybe asleep very soon, you will know. <laughs> soon may the doctor come to bring us danger, adventure, then some. One day when the saving is done, she'll take her leave and go. Join the sea devils and a pirate crew, they're causing trouble like in 72. What on earth will the doctor do? Very soon you will know. <laughs> soon may the doctor come to bring us danger, adventure, then some. One day when the saving is done, she'll take her leave and go. This is the Doctor Who Podcast, and you are most welcome. about that that was nathan evans who i have never heard of before uh, but um <laughs> have followed him very quickly on twitter and i don't think i've ever heard a doctor who sea shanty before ian phil how about you uh, i can never confidently say i've never heard a doctor who sea shanty well i was considering given how good that was and how quickly it spread around social media, then perhaps we need to try and plan a DWP sea shanty featuring the three of us. Um, you're on your own, James. <laughs> <laughs> I could just see Ian not saying anything. And uh, it, it is like the um, the audio version of Tumbleweeds there. But there we go. Um, yes, we, we have just finished watching Legend of the Sea Devils. Uh, it's it's about 10 minutes after the credits rolled on, uh, on BBC One here in the UK. Um, in line with pretty much what we've done for the last two series, we, we haven't really taken any time to gather our thoughts. So we've just pressed record and we're going to splurge. So who wants to splurge first? Uh, <laughs> Phil, let's let's come to you. Okay. Um, where, where, where do I start with this? At the beginning. At the beginning. Um, I didn't think much of it. I, I thought it was, um, well, dire. To be honest Ooh, with you, goodness, yeah, right. I thought it was dire. Um, the the doctor was insufferable, arrogant, um, a, a, just a massive know it all um, who did nothing to try and save the day apart from you know destroy the sea devils. It seems uh, I thought the dialogue was atrocious. Um, that image of the sea devil leaping up onto the onto their ghost ship, whatever you want to call it, um, looked utterly ridiculous. Um, the Thasmin thing, I do not care about to be honest, and we just wasted five minutes of the episode um, at the end devoted to that when it could have sort of elongated the, the Sea Devil plot strand of this episode um, a bit more. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I yeah another just sort of quick wave of the sonic screwdriver, plug a few things together, that solved it. Um, yeah, I thought it was rubbish. 
<laughs> I'm so glad I came to you first. Um, I, I would ordinarily uh, go immediately to Ian, but um, I feel that I ought to uh, offer an immediate contrast and, and say that I actually quite liked it. Um, so, <laughs> listeners, don't disappear yet. <laughs> um, but let's let, let's let's go let's go to Ian. Um, are you aligned with Phil? Well, I, I think in a Doctor Who classic, Doctor Who podcast classic here, I'm probably going to be halfway between the two of you. Uh, I, I didn't loathe it as much as Phil. I'm not entirely sure it's possible to loathe it as much as Phil. Um, <laughs> it was okay. You know, it, it was a fun bit of fluff. I thought it looked amazing. The production values were great. Dodgy jumping onto ships uh, aside. Um, all, all the individual components looked good. The action sequences were fun and suitably, you know, swashbuckly. I don't think the story or the plot made a lot of sense or stood up to much examination as to why were the sea devils doing these things that there was an awful lot of the sea devils not just cutting to the chase and killing everybody and you know being ruthless but you know if they'd had moustaches they would have been twirling them for no apparent reason but you know uh, if it was you know a regular season episode i would think eh, that was okay that 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 was you know a mid-season episode bit of fun good bit of eye candy and on to next week, except there isn't an on to next week because it's our only episode for nine months. And nine it, months, yeah, it, it, it's it a bit, yes. bit too yeah. lightweight, I think, to carry that much time uh, uh, as, you know, this is who for this year. Mm. Mm. Wow. Okay. I, I think you probably are in the middle then <laughs> because I, I quite enjoyed it. I, I thought the story was quite good. At least it was for the first thirty minutes, forty well, thirty to forty minutes or so. Um, I, I thought it looked wonderful as well. Um, I, I actually thought the actors delivered fairly convincing dialogue, and I was actually keeping an ear out for this because certainly in the past, um, Chibnall's given the characters some extremely clunky and unconvincing words um uh, whereas I, I didn't really feel um that was the case um, i thought the sea devils looked really really good um a, a brilliant uh, representation of a classic monster uh the, the thing that i was really keen to hear was how they sounded as well and i loved their voices uh, there was there was enough there to convince me they were closely related to the 1972 monsters Probably not the Warriors of the Deep Monsters, um, but uh, they, they were a little too different for that. A bit disappointed there was no Murka mm. when there was there was mm. such an open goal there. And would it would it really have been too much fan service uh, just to you know indulge us a little? Uh, good good see monster. What happened um, to still, it? Still still liked it. Where did it go? Not. Not sure. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking exactly the same thing. Where did it, it just go? suddenly, when the plot demanded it, it just dematerialised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe there's a sequel in the offing there, and uh, but perhaps the offspring we see in Warriors of the Deep. You Ma- know? <laughs> maybe someone put it in the tumble dryer and it shrunk and became the Merka. Maybe, maybe that's as good a fan theory as as, as, as any. I would say. Um, I think the ending dragged a little bit. Uh, So the conclusion to the actual story about the goal, uh, the the, the treasure and so on. And um, I I had in my mind um, very clearly, I'm not quite sure why, it's because I spend so much time editing our previous podcast, but some some comments that Ewian had made in the past about 
the timing of character pieces mm. within fairly action-heavy episodes. And I, th- I think it was about 15 minutes before the end. I made a, a quick note uh, of when the first line came in, where I think Yaz said to Dan, did you say anything to the Doctor? That did feel out of place for me. It didn't feel like a natural time to bring up that subject. And, and I felt... There were two story strands vying for attention here. You had the main Sea Devil plot, the story that kind of overlaid the Sea Devils, and yet it felt as though it was almost like a bit of a scramble to get to the Doctor and Yaz's story. And we certainly got most that we have to date about that relationship, and this is the first time I think we can say it's reciprocal. It, it, it's not just the companion lusting after the Doctor all the time. I, I thought it was okay. I actually thought that Thasmin Thin was okay. It, it, it wasn't as bad as it could have been. I, I don't think my emotional investment has been earned sufficiently. Whilst I'm, I don't think it was, you know, bad, I don't quite feel as paid off as I think I should be getting this close to what is the conclusion of that particular story strand. I have to say that Okay, Doctor Who is a show where we accept all sorts of unbelievable stuff on a weekly basis. The technology, the plots, the monsters. You know, we've got a lot of suspension of disbelief as fans. We have to. The idea Mm. that Yaz is the best companion the Doctor has ever had is just utterly and completely (laughs) and objectively ludicrous. It's totally ludicrous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And this, this yeah. is the issue, isn't it, really? It, it, it's because there hasn't really been anything leading up to it. I mean, I think when you go back and look at some of the episodes in Flux, that's clearly when someone had the idea, because you can see the actors beginning to deliver their lines in a slightly different way. Um, and there's been contrasting stories uh, from both, I think, Matt Stevens and Mandip Gill about when the uh, Jodie Whittaker Amanda Gill were told this is where the storyline was going. Um, so there's, there's no single line there. Mandip Gill said she only knew about it when she read a script for Eva the Daleks. Uh, whereas apparently, Streven said this was something that um, uh, Whitaker came up with at the end of uh, the first season that she was in. And I don't think either of those stories are borne out or evidenced in, in how season 13 or season 12 played out. So uh, f- for me, it, it just doesn't. It does. You, you're right, Ian. Uh, she, she, there's nothing remarkable about Yaz if you compare her to previous companions. You're right, but at, at the same time, I don't think enough has been done to make this credible. Mm. I, I, I t- yeah, I think that this is this is my my big problem with the whole. Thasmin thing. Um, I hate saying Thasmin as well. It's, it's like I've I joined it with everybody on social media called it you know Thasmin. But um, <laughs> I, yeah, it, it's just come out of nowhere, really. As, as, as you as you said, it's Yaz did well had no character development at all, and still really hasn't to, and, until now. To be honest, um, I think she was overshadowed by Bradley Walsh. I think for uh, um, for, for certainly the first the first two Whitaker seasons. Um, and she sort of kind of just remained in the background for a lot of the time. Uh, but now they've gone, they sort of she's sort of come to the forefront a bit more. But as you say, it's not been earned. It hasn't been earned yet. And and the absolute she is not. You know, as you say, you look at the other companions that the Doctor um, has travelled with. 
she hasn't earned that title of you know of being the best yeah. person ever. Really hasn't. The Doctor even um, references River Song in the episode, who is by yeah. any mark a vastly more interesting character yeah. than Yaz. Yeah. It just. I mean, I have to say, I, I do agree with you, James, that if you leave aside the, uh, the fundamental ludicrousness of the situation, I thought they did actually handle it reasonably well within this story. I, I thought the weird asides where they discussed it, they were still doing stuff at the same time, so they didn't completely stop the action dead. They were more sort of talking as they worked. I, I, it felt a touch clunky, but it wasn't as bad as Eve of the Daleks. Absolutely. And the way the Doctor responded, at least she did respond... And actually dealt with it head on. I'd much rather see that than sort of the the, the soulful eyes across the TARDIS console that we got sometimes in in the the David Tennant era. Um, so at least it was dealt with head on and gave her a straight answer and, and actually said, "No, I can't do this." It was left a little bit hanging, but yeah, I I just I just mm. can't. I mean, Yaz, who is just you know a relatively unremarkable companion. If it wasn't for this, she would be, mm. to be honest, a relatively forgettable companion. The idea that she's the best is just it just doesn't sit well with me. No, you're you're right. It's the concept of the Doctor valuing her relationship with Yaz that's intriguing, rather than its actual deployment on screen and in scripts. Mm. So you know, I, I, it, it's an interesting idea, isn't it? The Doctor having a same-sex relationship with a companion—that is an interesting idea. But it shouldn't be just the idea. And I think what Phil said about the early missteps in the 13th Doctor's era where Yaz was overlooked because the story was all about the relationship between Ryan and Graham and Mm -hmm. to an extent towards the end of it Ryan's father as well And, and, and Yaz was criminally overlooked and now they're trying to recover it they're trying to cover it and read it in read it in to catch up almost and it just doesn't work because of how we were introduced to Yaz in the first season um I mean I I I'm not sure I find any relationship between the doctor and the companion that interesting um you know I look back to the rose um storyline and and I liked that era of Doctor Who despite the emphasis on uh, on on Rose, um, and at the end of the day, um, Russell T Davis has got a gift that I do not think Chibnall or even Moffat has for ending these little character pieces. The way he finished the Rose storyline was to send her to a different universe with a different version of the Doctor. Now that's pretty damn emphatic in terms of storytelling lines. I just don't think Chibnall is going to be able to bring this to a conclusion. I. The, the thing I liked, the thing I liked is a Time Lord who is, you know, certainly in this era, essentially immortal, advocating living in the moment. And that was good. That did strike a chord with me. I thought that that little contrast there um, was, was good. And I didn't know, not until the credits rolled, um, how this episode was going to end between a Doctor and Yaz. Um, but I, I did have Brent's prediction uh, in my mind just as it was playing out. Um, and, and just to remind you both uh, and, and the listeners, uh, Brent predicted that one of the final things that will happen before the 13th Doctor regenerates is that she will kiss Yaz. And I thought if it happened in this episode, we can give Brent a great big... <laughs> 
now uh, <laughs> rather than having to wait until early next year and uh, that's just the sadistic part of me really but um yeah on, on the whole I, I would say i enjoyed this slightly more than uh, than eve of the daleks is a very different episode to eve of the daleks um I was very surprised by the slight left turn at the end where it comes to Dan, and I never expected to see Die reappear ever again. I, I don't know whether that was filmed, you know, after Flux had aired, whether they got her back in again, or, or because that was such an unsatisfactory ending within Flux, or whether or not it's actually not very significant at all. Um, but I thought it was interesting they went there. Well, what I thought you were going to say there about... Um... Uh, the the left turn with Dan was the fact he's now a stone cold killer. <laughs> oh, what the uh, the five uh, sea the devils five sea devils? He, yeah, without yeah, without any sort of like oh, what have I done kind of thing. It, it I don't know. It didn't seem to be okay. I I think the character of Dan's fairly hollow anyway. There's there's I don't think there's much substance to his character. I'm afraid, um, and that just sort of came out of nowhere. Can I say it? There should have been another way. <laughs> no, you've got to stop well saying done. that. You said that throughout the whole of the last episode. <laughs> but yes, I suppose someone had to. Um, Madam Ching, let's just talk about the guest cast a little. Um, Ma- Madam Ching, I felt, was the weakest uh, and, and slightly strange portrayal. Uh, I, I thought she was far too lightweight yeah. um and a little bit mild in, in in the delivery of her lines so nothing wrong with the acting just didn't feel like a pirate queen to me i was actually really underwhelmed to the point of being annoyed at the way they treated madame ching madame ching real historical character mm. by yeah. almost any mm. measure the uh, most powerful pirate in history you know a, a really significant historical figure and a very significant female historical figure and, and quite a bit of mileage was made out of that in the pre-show publicity and actually in the show didn't do an awful lot and then the moment ji hung turned up he just took Mm. over everything to the extent of actually giving Mm. her instructions to go and fetch and carry for him while he stood there to fight with the source and i thought that's awful what are you doing to this you know really powerful character you're you know after all the build-up you've done of this great female character you you fundamentally undermine her without even a mention you know she, she just happily oh yes yes sir went off and did her fetching carrying without any you know mm. you, I, I i was really really irritated by that because i thought it was lazy crappy writing and, and really didn't like it yeah yeah i i, I thought we we're going to find out a bit more about you know the, about Madame Madame Ching. I thought we we're going to find a you know a bit more. You know, usually with these sort of things, the doctor gives everyone a bit of a lecture about who this person is, mm. and I learnt nothing yeah. about Madame Ching in this at all. And I still know nothing. Yeah. That that's the thing. Yeah, I still know nothing. They more or less did the same thing with Mary Seacole um, in Doctor Who Flux as well. Um, and she, she's again another really important uh, um, woman from history. But did we learn anything? I know, okay, it was dropped into the middle of a Sontaran story, but you know, it, it's you know that 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 original thing from uh, you know the BBC's that you know, educate and entertain. Well, they're trying to entertain a bit. The education bit, that's if you if you've got a historical character in there and let and let the the education bit slide. Um, I don't think you haven't done 
you know what what you set out to do. Well, you, you, you might be right, and I, who knows whether or not they were that bothered about actually giving us a background or a CV almost of of this particular uh, character. I I know absolutely nothing about Madame Ching, and di- I didn't know she was a a, a real character. The, the the things I know about Madame Ching is what I've just seen on television, mm. which is that she was essentially a mother who had her two sons kidnapped, and uh, she was basically trying to find a ransom for them. I I didn't. You know that that uh, the fact that she happened to be a pirate queen was almost incidental, apart from the fact that she opened the episodes in a fairly bombastic way. Um, but yeah, I, I mm. don't know. I mean, Jin Hun, um, who I, I thought was an interesting character, um, I wasn't entirely certain why he'd been kept alive for so long, or, or why indeed. Um, and I think I've got this right. The Sea Devil popped off to answer a phone call as the doctor said and he said just push this button and i'll reveal this character who's been here for the last however many hundred years we never found out who was on the phone so we don't know whether or not it was an urgent you know call out or not and that was a fundamental flaw (laughs) from Mm. or or, or mistake um that sea devil made uh, because that was the beginning of everything unraveling for them so it just felt a little bit of a a cheap way to you know, initiate the demise of the Sea Devil's plan, such as it was. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. This way, it didn't, it didn't hang together for me at all. This one, I just thought it was very, very poor. Really, do you know what? I, I, when we look back to the last sort of batch of specials we had, um, particularly one that arrived bang over east, the Planet of the Dead, I would class Legend of the Sea Devils almost the same as that. It, it didn't for me. It achieved nothing. Absolutely nothing at all. Sometimes it's good to have those sort of stories. Sometimes where it just sort of, it's just a bit of a nice, fun adventure romp. But I, I didn't find Planet of the Dead enjoyable, and I didn't find this particularly enjoyable. Maybe I'm just in a slightly better mood at Easter because I enjoyed um, Planet of the Dead as well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, we, one of them is set in the middle of the desert. The other one's set under the under the ocean. Uh, you know, so the next. Um, the next Easter special needs to be set in some other kind of, um, you know, extreme setting. But, uh, but Phil, um, I'm going to set you a challenge then. Oh, um, give me at least two things that you enjoyed about this episode. <laughs> um, okay. Well, now the, the, the updated Sea Devils did they did look great. They really did. Um, okay. And the other little thing as well um, is when the lead Sea Devil was killed. Uh, it was the original Sea Devil scream from 1972 that oh, they used. Oh, yes. well, well, well clocked. Uh, I, I, I wasn't sure whether or not those um, sound effects were, were, were reused. Uh, I, I, I did clock them. I thought hmm. they were good. I liked them, but I didn't know whether they were from, you know, 72. Yeah, so. yeah. And unlike you, I, I did actually like the updated voice effects as well. It was, it yeah. sound, still sounded like a Sea Devil but it was updated. It, it was it was well done. I thought that Excellent. bit. Okay. All right, then we have one final thing to cover, which I think it's impossible not to discuss right here, right now. Uh, and that's the next time trailer. And I know some listeners do turn off so that they don't have to, to see that. Um, so this is the point which we say goodbye to those listeners because we are going to discuss what is coming up in as as Ian reminded me, is in nine months' time. Um, I mean, Ace, wow. Nissa, and Tegan. I I'm speechless. Well, it doesn't happen very often, and it doesn't help from a podcast point of view. But uh, is this is this trio uh, the return of these this these um, these female companions a good thing? 
What, what was Nissa there as well? I, 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 I only saw mm. Tegan and uh, yeah, I only saw the uh, yeah, t- yeah, Tegan. I and thought Ace. it was Nissa. Oh, sorry, I thought I thought it was. Yes, you're you're maybe not Nissa then. I beg your pardon. Ace was there, wasn't yeah. she? Yeah, oh, so Ace and Tegan. Yeah, yeah. That that oh, um, okay. Yeah, that blindsided me totally. Yes. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> presumably this is in the can. This has been filmed. Yeah. you know. Mm put on a shelf ready to broadcast ages ago yeah how the hell did they keep that secret i'm glad they did because it, it that was a that was a nice little surprise um pretty much like the surprise we got after even the darts we saw the sea devils in the next time trailer you know that's uh it, it achieved the same result for me it's like wow brilliant this this has not been done before uh mm. in modern who uh we had sarah jane and um you know she came back on her own uh we have not had um a single visit to multiple classic companions in a modern era story so that is at least one thing that Chibnall has done well another one of a number actually uh of things that he has done that no one has ever gone near before and I think this time potentially has a chance of turning out really well do you think it's just those two or do you think there's more in reserve that we <laughs> haven't seen yet Ooh. do you think he's kept a surprise back for the day cross my mind Cross my mind as well. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you're onto something there. This is this is for the centenary, isn't it? So I think he's gonna go, gonna go well, big. Janet, Janet Fielding is a hundred years old. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've got a seventh Doctor. <laughs> I hope companion. she's not listening, Joseph. Your life won't be worth anything. <laughs> we've got a seventh Doctor companion, a fifth Doctor companion. So there's a few gaps there you could fill in to get uh, a few more. Maybe Perry for the for the sixth Doctor. Uh, Nicola Bryant's got to be a possibility, hasn't she? Bonnie Langford. Bonnie Langford, yes. <laughs> or, or, um, Katie Manning could, could could come back. I'm sure Louise Jameson would have come back for the fourth Doctor. And you've got Joe Grant yeah, for the third. Well. You get a bit problematic after that. So th- th- there were three, weren't there? Sorry, there was Ace, there was Tegan, and there was one other one. I only saw two. So I'm not sure. I'm, I, I, I was going to go back and rewind it, but I had to come out and do this. So yeah. I only, I, saw the two. Been, I only saw two as well. Yeah. Oh, I thought I saw Nissa. Oh, I'll have to check. We've only seen this once, listeners. Uh, so uh, <laughs> forgive us if we've got this wrong. But um, but yeah, I, I think um, Ace has been long overdue a return. And uh, that, mm. that could be quite a lot of fun. Ace, Ace and Tegan. I don't know whether or not that companion team would have ever been mashed up in, in fandom or headcanon in the past. But the two of them together... Could work. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I yeah, I've never seen anything like that online. That that kind of uh, that fiction. No, interesting. Mm. It is interesting. The only the only thing I, I took for, the other sort of downside I took from that. Uh, it's the Daleks again. It's the Cybermen again. Oh well, yes, I suppose so. And, and yeah. the Master I mean, doing is... Rasputin apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I have to admit after what after seeing. Ace and Tegan, the master just kind of washed over me, and uh, I, I assumed that Sasha Darwin would be back. Uh, I, I, I'm not surprised by that at all. No, so no. Um, yeah, it's looking like some kind of celebration, really. Um, so Jodie goes out with uh, quite a big bang, uh, even if the story is not very good. I'm, I'm not surprised to see <laughs> wait, the wait, wait. James. Have you written it off before we've seen it? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not I'm at not all. surprised to see the Daleks in there because. Uh, this is the BBC centenary episode, and true. you know, by any very measure, true. I mean, the, 
Doctor Who itself is a significant part of BBC's history, and within that, the Daleks and you know Dalek mania back in the sixties is a significant part of BBC history. So I think it's actually right and proper that the Daleks be be in there. I'd love to see a few classic Daleks. I mean, they've done it in in the modern show yeah, before. Yeah. Mm. I think that would be appropriate for the show that they're doing. But I mean, it depends on whether it's going to be another cameo. Are they just going to turn up, be in a field, and be threatening and vanish again, or are they actually going to be part of the story? I don't know. I don't know yeah. how I feel about them one way or the other on that, to be honest with you. I think the Scarecrows would be a great return because they would stand in a field and look scary. Oh, dear. They would do, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, well, I think really, it's, I think it's really bad of, of Chibnall and the BBC to overlook the Crotons after all these years. They, they are overdue a comeback, I feel, actually. <laughs> crotons and Scarecrows. Fantastic. Uh, and, and quarks. Uh, I think the Quarks. I want to see the creature <laughs> yeah. from the pit. Oh, Irata, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's always interesting when you get diverse opinion um, with whoever happens to be in the camper van for a, re- a review episode. Um, I wonder whether or not that trend will continue uh, in episode 341A, uh, which will be online in a very, very few short days where Drew, Michelle and Brent will be taking a more considered, more intelligent take on uh, on the episode that just about wraps up what we uh, thought about this particular episode but of course we'd love to hear what you thought of Legend of the Sea Devils so please don't forget to get in touch with us um, on Twitter at, that is at the DR Who podcast you can also email us at feedback at the doctorwhopodcast.com and also you can send us some feedback on the Doctor Who podcast Facebook page so get typing that's all I'm going to say <laughs> hopefully hopefully your opinions would be less scathing than mine <laughs> it would have a job really wouldn't it <laughs> but there we go uh, Phil Ian wonderful to catch up with you as always and listeners we will be back in a few short days bye for now everybody bye 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 everyone that was the Doctor Who podcast which you can find at thedoctorwhopodcast.com if you have any feedback, please send it into feedback at thedoctorwhopodcast.com. Thank you for listening. Take care.
只需要。